Praise God. Amen. Man, isn't God good? Praise God. Why don't you go ahead and be seated this morning? And um, man, I'm, t- I'm already glad I came to church now. Praise God. So good to be in His presence and worship together. Amen. Well, guys, as I mentioned, today is Life Group Sunday. And so I want to give you a little information about how to get connected to life groups because we always have new people joining the church that might have never been part of a life group. So we're going to make it real simple. Um, As I said, normally I would spend more time talking about life groups, but we have so much to talk about concerning phase two that we're going to kind of just zip through it uh, sort of quickly. But real quick, what are life groups? Uh, what what do we do at life groups, etc.? Well, first of all, life groups are kind of like just a smaller version of the church. In other words, on Sundays, we come together. It's kind of hard to catch everybody, kind of hard to maybe make deep relationships and connections on a, on a Sunday. We're kind of in and out, and you've got a few minutes. Life groups breaks the church up into smaller groups. Again, as could be you know anywhere from 10, some of them to 20 could be the size of the group. They meet at different locations, they meet different uh, times, and they are different ages and all of that. All that information is on our website, which I'm going to direct you to shortly. A lot of the life groups, if you just kind of what, what happens, a lot of the life groups you show up and there may be some sort of snack or meal. It can be anything from chips and salsa all the way up to a full-on feast, okay? It just depends on which group it is and how many grandmas you have in the group that are you know, cooking and preparing things, um, you know, those groups tend to have the best food. If so, if you're, if you're looking for that, you may want to find that group. But, uh, and then other groups are better at, you know, activities and, and fun and, and hanging out and fellowship type things. So there, the, every group has its own flavor and its own flair, and you just have to find the group that's right for you. Um, and then at each group, there will always be a Bible study. And uh, what we are studying, all the groups study the same thing. And what we study currently is we study whatever the sermon was on Sunday. So all the life group leaders get my notes from the previous Sunday. And we sort of dive deeper into that and, and discuss and ask questions and those sorts of things. Most life groups end up lasting about an hour to an hour and a half. Um, and and that, so that's kind of what they look like. What is the commitment level? All right, well, there is no actual commitment per se. You, you just attend as you can. You don't sign up or anything like that. You're not locked in to a group. If you start going to one, you can always switch groups. And, and if you work and you can only be there every other week, that's fine. So no red tape, no barriers to entry. It's really that simple. You go to our website. We ha- on our website, we have a, uh, a page that says Life Groups. Uh, you click that tab. This is just a screenshot of, of it. You would scroll down from here, and it would show you all the life groups that we have available. It would show you who the leaders are, what time they meet, and all of that. So all that information is on our website. That, that's the easiest way. Just go to our website and click the life group tab. But also, we have these rack cards that are at the orange tents as you exit today. And on there, there's a QR code. If you scan that QR code with your phone, the camera on your phone, it'll, it'll take you straight to this web page that you're seeing right there. And on that web page, again, there's all the information that you need, the address, the time they meet, the location, and everything like that. I will say a big part of our life groups are that most of them meet on Wednesday nights. And the reason for that 
is because we are able to provide children and youth services during life groups. So we at Wednesday nights, on Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock, we have our regular children's service and our regular youth ministry happening here on campus. And so if a life group meets off campus, what the members do is they come here around 5.30, 5.45, drop their kids off and youth, and then they'll go to life group. They're there for an hour and a half, and they come back and get their kids afterwards. So we like to provide an environment where the adults can get together and actually, you know, adult, have adulting time or without their kids. So we provide that here. There are groups that meet uh, on a different night, and, but those, in that case, there is no child or youth care, so um, you would have to make arrangements for that on your own. Um, I've already talked a little bit about the life group kickoff party, but this is something we started several years ago. It's a great way to help people get connected to a life group. In other words, if you don't know what, which group you want to be part of, if you just have no idea, what I would encourage you to do is come to the life group kickoff party because we will, be, we will have leaders there helping you get connected to a group. In other words, we'll, we'll actually talk to you and go, hey, we think this is a group you would fit really well in. It's still your choice, but we'll help you figure out which group is, is uh, best for you to be part of. So if you just have no clue, come to the life group kickoff party this Wednesday at 6 p.m. in the student center, and we're, you're going to have a great time either way, but there'll be people there that can help you get connected to the right group. Uh, so a lot of times the life groups do have food there. Some of them don't. But on campus, we always have food for the kids and the youth. So pizza every Wednesday night. I've never we've been doing this for several years. I never heard the first kids say they were tired of pizza every single Wednesday night. So pizza every Wednesday night for the kids and youth. Uh, that'll be happening. So you don't have to worry about taking care of food for your kids. Uh, and so it really is that simple. Just pick a group and show up. Man, I ran through that. That was pretty good. Did I miss anything? Brandon, Jen, okay. Anybody got any questions? You want to just raise your hand now? All right. If, if you do have questions, though, again, I encourage you to come to the Life Group kickoff party this Wednesday at 6 o'clock, and we'll help you get connected. Normally, I spend time explaining why I think life groups are important, but I'm not going to do that this morning um, because of the other things we have to talk about. But you can go to our website and look at other Life Group Sundays that are on there where we talk about sort of the reasons why we do life groups at, at One Life instead of a regular Wednesday night uh, service that a lot of churches have. Okay, now the stuff I'm really excited about getting to. Let me introduce to you, if you don't know, Pastor Jen McElwee and Pastor Brandon Calhoun. Please make your way up. Just back here. All right, we'll see how we uh, we'll see how we do with this. It's not. I don't know if we've ever had three preachers up here at once, you know, this will be maybe the first time, at least two. But I'll let you take the lead. <laughs> I'm just here. Well, guys, what we really um, wanted to talk about today was all of the things that we have going on with our students and our, and our kids' ministry. And this past year, we actually made a pretty significant change where Pastor Brandon, Jen, had been leading kids' church for, what, seven? Seven years. Seven years and doing a fantastic job. But Pastor Brandon has, was, has been our youth pastor since the beginning, but he has now taken more of a supervisory role over all of our student ministry. Now, we were so blessed to bring on Pastor uh, Chris Scroggs this year as our children's pastor. He's doing awesome. We love him. 
He's not in here, so I'll let, you guys, I'll let him know how you guys feel about him. But um, So Chris Cross came on, Chris and Haley, and, but Pastor Brandon is overseeing all of those departments. And what we wanted to do was have one cohesive plan, you know, from birth all the way through you graduate high school. And it'd be not this kind of disjointed different ministries, but this just one cohesive plan of, of pastoring our children, you know, from the time they're born all the way through, through, through high school. And so that's what we've been developing. And we just wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about our passion for student ministry, why we think it's so important, and why we focus on it the way we do, why we have chosen to invest a significant amount of, of finances into these ministries. It, it's not haphazard at all. It is, it is a focus of ours, and it's really a strategy of ours to reach the next generation and build a strong, healthy church that can affect a city for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Now, I want to begin this morning by showing you a picture. I have a picture back from probably 1997-ish, 8-ish, 9-ish, 1999-ish. Uh, if we have this picture, you could, you could show it. There it is. Do you even recognize those people? That, wow. That, I love that shirt, by the way. That is fantastic. That is glorious. I was a few pounds lighter. It's all muscle, though. I put on solid <laughs> muscle since then. I just, <laughs> so this is a picture of Jen and I when we were dating. Uh, I think, I don't know how old we were exactly. Don't, don't even just don't. You know, I don't, I don't know how old we were. We were young. Um, and this picture was taken at the Alexandria Airport because we were on our way to Belize, South America, for a missions trip. And the reason I wanted to show you this picture is because Jen and I met in the youth ministry that we were part of. And I, as I was thinking about what we're doing here, you know, I was remembering back on how significant youth ministry in general was and has been in our life. And, you know, when I was a teenager growing up, um, I encountered God in my youth group, and it set me on a completely different course. And I grew up in a youth group where, man, we had a lot of fun. It wasn't, we didn't have maybe all the tools that we have here now, but we had a lot of fun in our youth ministry, and we met God, we encountered God, an awesome group of kids that I'm, it set me on the course that the rest of my life took, you know, and it, and it really started there because I remember getting saved in that youth ministry and really encountering God and realizing that there was a call of God on my life. And if you think about and you ask the question, how crucial is youth ministry? How crucial is it? Well, I think back to this picture and I think back to this time because I think, man, I met my wife there. Now, we are not trying to promise anything, okay, that that can happen. We're not trying to set up some sort of dating situation back there. Okay, that's not what I mean. I'm just saying that where else do you want to meet somebody that you want to do life with, right? Where else, do you, are, you, where else are you going to find somebody that you're going to build a godly life and marriage with? Because I can tell you one of the things why we even got together, and you can speak to this from your side because, you know, I know you had a lot of things you saw in me that really... <laughs> attracted you and everything, but humility, <laughs> humility was number one. <laughs> humility was number one, yeah. But, I, but in all seriousness, like, I, I remember the way that you worshiped, 
I remember being in the youth service and the way you worship. We had prayer meetings before the youth. I remember uh, Jen and Jamie were coming to uh, the prayer meetings before and praying over the service as just a teenager. You know, and I remember even at that age thinking, wow, this is someone that you could build a life with because of the way that you were going after God. And it was just such a significant time in our life. Yes. I, I think I see some of our actual teenagers, we won't name names, but have had this experience even at One Life. And mm-hmm. you, when you do meet someone, and even if it's not in the youth ministry, it's as you get older in your safe church, but maybe some youth ministry. And you're like, oh, they're still worshiping the Lord. But right. for our story, yes, it, it made an impact to see teenage. For me, um, we had been at a smaller church that didn't have a youth ministry. My parents had stepped in, and they, they provided what they could. And when we came to the church, we did. I was like, oh, my gosh, there are students that are serving the Lord. And, there were, and that was so refreshing. There was a group of kids that were serving the Lord. Their youth pastor was passionate about them. It, it was something I had never experienced, and that was so attractive. The whole thing was just yeah. mind-blowing. And like you mentioned, there's been several kids in our church that, it, this is weird because it sounds like we're trying to build a, a dating <laughs> ministry, and that's actually the opposite of what we're trying we to do. We do not date. But there are kids, I mean, like Ryan and Trista, where, I don't know, is Ryan and Trista in here? Are they no. even here today? Not even here today. I'm so sad I used them as, no, I'm just kidding. Their parents are here. <laughs> Ryan and Trista, who did you meet? You said Noah and Abby was another one. Josh and Katie. Josh and Katie. Aaron's about to get married. Aaron is about to get married. I mean, and so, yeah, it it, it does happen. And it's not about the, it's not about the dating. That's not about that. What the, what I'm, what I'm focusing on it is to say that it begins in your teenage years when God is going to set you on a, on a course of following him your whole life. It's going to start when you're young. And being in the right place at the right time with the right people matters. It's, it's very significant. I know that was our story, and I, I remember how significant all those relationships are. But that's one of the things that we wanted to create and provide here is an environment where kids can begin to think about those bigger life issues of who am I going to marry? Because I know you talk about that in the youth ministry about them, you know about even selecting who you're going to date and why it matters. Oh, absolutely. We're about to do a, a series. We do a series every February. It does coincide with Valentine's Day, but we, we do a series every February with the students talking about relationships, what a godly relationship is, what, what God's Word says, because, I mean, you already know without me telling you that the world's going to tell them what a relationship is, how a relationship should be. Uh, and so, yeah, we want, we want them to hear that from us, you know, it, because... We don't even, you know, the, there can be such a small perspective of even a decision like that for y'all's family to, to go to this church. You know, what's the big picture? What's going to happen? Well, I'll say I'm extremely grateful that my wife, your sister, was, you know, that y'all met because we met. And my kids, I'm sure, are really thankful yeah. that my wife, you know, so it's just. Yeah. It just, it keeps going. It's a That's snowball right. effect that you don't realize as a teenager what God is really setting into motion. Well, and we always tell our kids, and I tell any teenager, listen, the two most important decisions you're going to make in your life is serving the Lord and who you're going to marry. And um, all the adults are like, yes and amen. Uh, <laughs> we're trying to save them some of that headache that some of us have experienced. And, and it, just trying to get a hold of them the two most important things, and then you, they're making all these decisions. I know yep. you're talking about that, but 
college and all these big decisions and we want to teach them get God involved in those decisions and all of us adults understand if you get Jesus early and you can save yourself a lot of headache oh my gosh absolutely absolutely and this was a shift that we started talking about years ago because when we started pastoring the church um, we always had a focus on youth ministry Um, that was always a focus and kids ministry but a lot of times in in pastoring a church you end up trying to help adults that have already made a lot of these decisions right in other words they're, they're coming to you in their 40s maybe some of them and they've made their life choices they've chosen who they're gonna marry who they're gonna divorce who they're gonna marry again they've chosen you know careers where they're gonna live they've, they've chosen all of that so you don't get to have that sort of impact in a lot of ways as a church you end up trying to fix and correct things because people didn't know and they made choices you know and so you're trying to fix and correct things that are broken but all of y'all know that as adults when you get to a certain age it's like a lot of things are kind of set and if you're gonna change it at that point it's like you need a jackhammer you know you need this because it's like concrete how many of y'all have ever tried to change something once you got older that you've been doing your whole life and you're like I'm gonna stop doing this and it it's not the easiest thing in the world and as a pastor um, sometimes trying to help people change it's not the easiest thing in the world and so it just obviously it's common sense that if you start young when when children and youth are making these choices we'd rather get the right ingredients in them so that they can choose a spouse from a godly perspective they can choose a career they can choose a life path with God at the center of it and how many of you know if you had to do it over again that would make a difference you could use just a little more wisdom a little more God involved in your decisions when you were younger we all know that and so what we want is we don't want life to be the only teacher that that these young people have where you're looking back going oh I wish I had done this 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 and this well guess what you can't go back and redo it we've all figured that out right you can't go back and redo it but they have an opportunity as young people to do it right they have an opportunity as young people to make those correct decisions they're not gonna be perfect at it but boy what a difference what a difference if you get that in them at a young age I want to read this passage of scripture because it made me think about that this is Proverbs 3 13 it says blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding now I'm thinking about this from a teenager's perspective blessed is the teenager who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding for the gain from her is better than the gain from silver and her profit is better than gold she is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her long life and I'd say good life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace she is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her those who hold her fast are called blessed how many of you want that for your kids amen Amen. and that's what I believe we're trying to do is impart wisdom to them because actually when a kid is young a lot of times the if you hear parents talk it seems like the most important thing sometimes that they're thinking about is oh they gotta get a good education they gotta go to the right college as if those things are gonna be the the savior of their life and I'm just telling you it's not I've seen a lot of kids that are very well educated got chose great jobs and they're completely miserable and they're living for the world 
So education is not the savior. But a lot of times that's what people focus on. It's good. Education is good. It's important. It's not the savior. Jesus is the savior. And I would rather get in our kids, I would rather get Jesus in them, true wisdom in them, than I would them just have a great, edu- a great education. But sometimes we get those things flipped, and I think that's what Proverbs is telling us. Hey, of all the things you can get in this life, of all the things you can seek, you know, good education, money, wealth, riches, good career, of all the things you can get, you would be smart to get wisdom first. And we lead the youth ministry with that, with that in mind. Absolutely. Well, you know, one of the things that, that we do, I, I'm going to say differently. I'm, I'm not a part of every other youth ministry, but I feel like from what I hear and see, here's how we do things a little differently. And you can ask the kids, I tell them this all the time, I'm not interested in you becoming the best teenager that you can be. So that's not my focus. It's not self-help. It's not, here's how, it, it's, we focus on, we know that you're going to be a mother, a father, a husband, a wife. You know, and as Jesus said to go and make disciples, well, we want to disciple you in where we see your future being. And so we want to help you, even at your, your young age, even middle schoolers, begin to think about your future. You know, one of the things that I bring up to them is, you know, uh, we'll have teenagers that come in with, with hurts, with pains, with some, some, in some cases, some adult-type hurts that have happened to them. And so one of the things we'll tell them is, you know, you now are in control of what your kids experience. Any, any hurt, any pain that you've experienced, you have the power to change that for the next generation and, and so on. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's part of our focus. Yeah. No, that's good. You were talking about seeing the parents fighting and, you know, us coming alongside them and Mm-hmm. Uh, I see. We have an awesome, awesome church, and I love all you guys. And what we've started in the last few years realizing and talking to different people is saying, you are what we would call first-generation Christian. A lot of our families, this is their first encounter and commitment that they've had in their life. Maybe they went to church as a child, or maybe they were in different church, but they've got planted at one life. And so we have a lot of people that are in their 30s and 40s are like, we don't know what we're doing. We're going to do what Pastor teaches and Pastor Brandon. And so they're learning and they're kids. But what we've started to say is, hey, tell your kids that. Say, hey, we, we understand where you're at. You didn't know everything. And they're doing a great job of this, of the parents. And we're trying to come alongside them. Those that are saying, hey, we didn't have it all figured out. Hey, nobody has it all figured out. You know, we don't have it figured out. We're all in this together, and we tell our kids that even. You know, hey, we don't have it all figured out. This is the first time I've had a 15-year-old and a 14-year-old. We're doing, we're doing our best. I'm reading, podcasting, but the parents are doing that. You guys are doing that. The grandparents don't. What's beautiful is grandparents that are still believing and praying and thinking about, you know, your kids, your grand, they're yours until you cross over and to carry them and love them and, and to be burdened for them. Well, we want to come alongside you guys and assist you the best we can. And that is why the facilities and the teaching, but it's you're fighting and we see the fight and Every generation has their issue. We could, uh, I could pick on my parents, you know, the 70s. They, they all have their issues. Uh, this generation is in a pivotal moment, though, where they're being faced with things that adults are like, we don't know how to process this. So anything we can do to come alongside to strengthen you and utilize it. I, this is, I have to tell this because uh, my 
sweet mom and dad. My dad worked offshore and his schedule is 21-7. So a lot of times my sweet poor mom, <laughs> I have not apologized to her enough. Uh, I gave her a lot of headache because the, you don't, when we found the church, we're talking about where we met, it was an hour and a half drive one way and she drug us to this church and she drug us and kicking and screaming and finding teenagers are so fun. Uh, so, uh, and she did not give us a choice. And then of course, dad was back in that and he'd have to come straighten us out. But you know, three weeks out of the month, she's having to enforce that. And you know, it took about, it took, I'm very actually a kind of quiet person. And then I was hyper quiet, hyper shy, didn't, was not confident. It was, I mean, I'm talking kicking a stream, I'm talking about crying, I'm talking about, and she's like, cry, because your face is gonna be red. You know, she's much tender, I'm not gonna make, she's like, but your face is gonna be red, darling, so maybe not cry. So, you know, and I'm gonna let you sit here and let your face get dry. But you know what happened? We encountered Jesus. Amen. And um, it t I would even say Jamie had a little harder time because um, she was a little younger, and she got a hold of Jesus. And it's just crazy. If you have this opportunity in a great youth ministry, I, I know I'm partial, but uh, Pastor Jamie and Brandon, they are all in. They are praying. They're, they're concerned about your kids. They're concerned about you. They want to team up with you. Even if you have an issue or something going on, you don't understand, go to them. Schedule meetings. Then my mom, she was, uh, she knew, uh, she'd come around the corner, and our youth pastor, he's like, here comes Pat, and she, he built a relationship with her. He loved, and she would ask questions, because some of the things the church, we were part of a church that had never done that, and a lot of you guys, you come from Catholic or Baptist, there might be things you don't know. Come meet. Come ask questions. Utilize this resource that we have, because we're coming alongside you and supplementing what you're doing. Amen. I love yeah. what you're saying. Go ahead, Brad. Well, I just want to re... Yeah. I agree, too. I just want to reinforce, you know, what she's saying is I would absolutely love to meet with parents, sit down, ask me a million questions. There's not a question I'm afraid of. There's not a conversation that's off the table. So just know that that door is absolutely open anytime I would love for that to happen. Yeah, man. I, I love what you're saying about, you know, different generations and whether they're first generation Christian or not because I really think that that makes such a powerful difference like you said if you have someone who's not really coming to the Lord until they're in their 30s or 40s you know and what their children are going to look like versus those kids being raised now as second generation Christians and so their kids are raised in church from the time they're born you know and that just perpetuates itself because that's kind of our story, um, mine a little bit more than yours, but I was raised in church. I never remember not being in church. You know, I was all the way through children's church, all the way through youth ministry. And so the, the things that my parents were able to get in me at a young age, even when I wasn't really living for God, I mean, I wasn't interested that much. I was just going because I was being made to go. I do remember that when I when I gave my life to the Lord, it was like all that stuff that had been put in me, all that teaching, all that word, it was just like activated instantly. I, I didn't, when, and then I started preaching almost instantly. I was like 15 years old. I started ministering. It was because there was so much word that had been put in me, you know, from being raised in church like that. And so we have to think about this in a, as, as the long game, so to speak. 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm believing to see as a church, I'm believing to see kids that are born at One Life, not literally born in the facility, but... That's a whole other ministry. Yeah, that's the ministry we haven't started yet. But born while their parents are attending One Life and raised here their whole life. And so what, imagine what that child's going to look like when they graduate high school, the things that they have. And there's going to be rough spots. There's going to be, there's no perfect teenagers. You know, there's going to be rough things, but they, they're getting invested in their, their whole life, being, but being able to see what, it, what this church culture looks like and the way that we believe and worship and teach and all that's being put in them. Imagine what kind of families they're going to raise after that. So I, as I look forward, I think, man, one life is strong now. But I wonder what it's going to be in 10 or 15 years when some of these kids that have been born here, they're getting married, they're raising their own kids here. To me, you're going to have a church full of people that, you know, their whole life, there's a foundation there Mm -hmm. that just wasn't there for someone who's coming to Christ first, first generation, you know. And so that's kind of the long game, I would say, of how we see it and think about it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I fall in the same category of, you know, my parents didn't have everything right. They didn't, but the one thing they did is I was in church. That was not optional. I was in church. I was raised in church. They didn't have, like I said, all the, they didn't have the, the biblical depth or the, this or the, you know, the things that we kind of put on ourselves of, I need to be this way. The one thing they got right was your butt's going to be in church. That is not optional. You, you can move out at any point, but if you live here, you're at church. And so, and so what that does for me is you look at where I'm at now, and then I look at my own kids and what that instilled in me, and I, I watch and observe my kids being that next generation that uh, my oldest was just baptized. I mean, she loves God, loves his word, loves to worship. We talk, it's just, so I'm seeing it for myself. It's not just something that we're saying for, you know, everybody else. I'm, I'm seeing this happen firsthand here at One Life. Yeah. And another thing that, is that we're passionate about. I was talking a little bit about this uh, before worship. Is I see this youth facility being a refuge, you know, for our kids. And this becomes more important even as the world continues to progress the way it is. I mean, the stuff that we all are dealing with just out in the out in society, the 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 junk that's going on, the wrong mindset, stuff that's being thrown in your face at every turn. I mean, you can't go to you can't go to Target, you can't go to Starbucks, you can't go anywhere without stuff being shoved in your face constantly. Just the world's way of thinking, twenty four seven, trying to be shoved down your throat in every way, and it's tiring and it's wearing to to see that and be in that all the time. But the church is supposed to be a refuge. It's supposed to be a place where, yeah, we go out, we battle all these things, but then we come here and, man, we get filled up. We get refreshed with the presence of God. We, we're not battling those things here. And we have fought hard for our youth ministry to be that. You know, our youth we don't want our youth ministry to be just another group of kids that are hanging out together, um, you know, and, and corrupting one another. Right. You know, we, we want it to be a group of kids that are serving God, seeking God, which is why one thing is, we don't allow our kids to have their phones out when they're in the in the youth facility, right. you know. And there's a re- there's several reasons for that, um, and one of them just being that this is a place where you shouldn't have to worry about your teenager being violated by something on somebody else's phone. That's already constantly, you know, twenty four seven out there. But the other part of it is we want you to come here and learn how to actually build relationships instead of staring at a screen, mm-hmm. you know. So those things are in place, but we want this facility 
to be a place of refuge. I, I love the church I grew up in because if, you, if this makes sense to you, a lot of times kids can grow up in certain types of churches and it feels like everybody out there is having fun and we're just bored over here. And that wasn't my experience growing up in church. I, the place to be, if you wanted to have fun, was at church. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were, we, were we were having way more fun at church than anybody else was having anywhere else. And we wanted to, we wanted to create that here, too. And when you see the facility, that, that's, you're going to see that that's part of it. We want the church to be fun for kids. Not, I, I believe serving God should be fun. I'm an adult and a pastor, and I like to have fun. I'm not like this boring person that just, oh, I'm just so holy, I want to pray all the time. <laughs> I like to have a good time when I'm at church. That's why come to the life group kickoff party, you'll see. We still like to have fun. Now, my knees, they don't like to have fun as much anymore, <laughs> but at heart, I still enjoy having fun. So we've created that too. You're going to see that. Yes, it's about Jesus, it's about worship, it's about discipleship, it's about the relationship with God, but I think we should have fun while we do it. And, and I, want, I want the world to be envious of how much fun we're having here, not the other way around. Yeah. You know, if I think most of us in this room probably graduated high school before 2005. I'm looking out, most, most of the people in here. The significance of that date is 2006 is when the iPhone came out. So as we talk about a refuge, mm -hmm. we were able to, in, in most cases, you leave school and you've left it. You've left it behind. And, you know, maybe your home was a refuge. But now kids don't get to do that. They don't leave school at 3 o'clock, 3.30 or whatever time. And now it's their safety. There's a refuge. It's now they have a social media life that is constant. And so all those pressures that for some of us, the bell rang and some of those pressures went away for a few hours. Now, trust me, they are living with those pressures constantly. And so when we talk about uh, the church being a refuge for them, we want it to be that place where they can escape from all that. So, yeah, we don't want them to have the phone with them. We don't want them to have that thing with them that I'm telling you it is a constant pressure and a constant comparison and we could go on and on about what that is but that that is why we want it to be a refuge for them so badly yeah absolutely <laughs> uh, I'm, well i'm just thinking about because i i lots of our teenagers are in here and they really want to do right they're yeah. they're actually i know this is the mom in me they're they're sweethearts i know some of them are taller than me bigger than me but they're sweethearts, and honestly, they want to do right. And yeah. exactly, that's an amazing point. Uh, the pressure, everything is not stopped. And I understand, listen, the devices are not evil. We, I have device, they're sitting right there. The devices themselves are not evil. It's just you can't, I don't think we can fully understand what they battle every day. Mm -hmm. uh, currently, this is one of the heaviest medicated generations with um, antidepressants, anti-anxiety, there's a, I forget the other medicine. When they look at it, they're like, they're already coming out with studies and going, these kids, what are they gonna look like as adults? So when Christians, we understand, hey, there's, there's, a, there's a source and it's Jesus. And we want you kiddos and teenagers, we want you to learn how to, to shuck off that pressure to, to engage with people. And again, like I know, I get some of them, I know they're like, no, you don't, Miss Jen. I'm a quieter person. It is easy. I'm in a, in a social setting. I have to work at talking. I have to work, at, and I'll just sit there quiet sometimes. Uh, it's, if they have that device, 
you know, go go to easy. any yeah. restaurant, any waiting office, or the adults, everyone's on their phone. Da, 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 da. So it's, I get it, it's hard, but I encourage you, even you teenagers, uh, stretch, make yourself, you know, go over there, just get, a, get some, sit in a corner. If anything, I mean, quiet people usually like to people watch. So I love to people watch. Uh, so I encourage you guys, I know um, you're gonna be excited about the building, and you're gonna see some awesome stuff, but I encourage you young people, make the effort, make um, the effort. come on Wednesdays, yep. come on Sundays, every time it's open, because that's gonna help you. And, it, and like, don't use your personality as an excuse. Oh, I'm quiet, I don't, I don't do well around people. Um, and then I encourage you to find one person, even if it's an adult leader, find one person and I promise you there, I know, I can speak for Miss Amber Babcock right now. If you said Miss Amber Babcock, I'll go to you. She would go to youth every Sunday for like four weeks in a row. Okay, I'm gonna make sure you meet people. There are leaders and your youth pastors, of course, but that love you and would help you. And because you actually do, and this, listen, confessions of a quiet person, okay, y'all didn't know. Uh, I had to learn, I need females. I need people my age. You guys, need people your age you need relationships and the phone you know this better than us social media is just a substitute it's not those connections right. that they're going to get back there you guys the adults certainly know that that they need it more than they realize but it's it is uncomfortable for yep. a lot of young people when you're like a quieter i've seen that a lot of them like hang back or they don't want to go over there but um find somebody there's yeah, make a leader. the effort that's what yeah. you're saying make the effort it is it is worth the effort you know, and what, what I was thinking about both of you are talking is, you know, the world is, they've chosen their path and you're, they're continuing to choose a path in a direction that they're going. And it seems that it's getting more and more anti-God. I don't really know a better way to say it, but it's more, more and more the way that the world is going is anti-God, anti-Bible. It's opposite of everything the Bible says and teaches. And there's going to be fruit on that. We're already seeing the fruit on it, but it's going to get, the more you choose this path that is opposite mm -hmm. of God, opposite of his word, the harvest that's going to come in on that is going to be massive, yeah. and it's going to be devastating. And so when you have a group of another generation, you have another generation that's saying, we're not going down that path. We're choosing God's path. There's going to also be a harvest on that. And so the, the, what the scripture teaches about light and darkness is going to become more obvious as these generations progress because you're going to see the results of darkness and you're going to see the results of light. Right. These marriages, these kids, these families are going to look like this and these kids, these families in the light are going to look like this and it's going to become more and more obvious, wow, there's something different about you than, than over here because there's going to be a harvest and results that come in from all of these uh, you know, choices and, and ways that we're doing right now in the world. And our kids, have, these youth, they have an opportunity to make a choice. I'm not going that way. Mm -hmm. And my friends are going that way. People in school are going that way. But I'm going this way. And so that's what we're trying to do is come alongside and go, hey, here, we can point, you know, in the right direction and go, here's what, you're, here's what the world's going to tell you. Here's what they're doing. Here's what God says. You make your choice of which way you want to go. And for those that choose that way, their life is going to look significantly different in the next 15 years of kids that they are going to school with that are choosing a different way. And they're taking everything the world has to offer, hook, line, and sinker. But over here, you've got another group that's saying, no, we're going to go God's way. 
And their life and family is going to show it. It's going to look completely different in the next 10 to 15 years. Yeah. So, hey, how many of you are ready to see it? All right. Stand up with me. Let's just, what's that? Do we want to show them where we started? Oh, yeah, let's good do idea. That? Let's do that real quick. Okay, all right. We're just going to show you something really quick, just, just, just for a second. I want to show y'all where we started really quick. So this was from the very beginning of the church. We, we said, we, like Pastor said, we are investing in the students even before we really had the, the resources to do it. And so this is the original worship center. This is day one, 13 years ago. This is our little room that we're in. And go to the next one. That's our, that is our game room. You're going to see the new game room today. Let's keep going. That's their TVs and Xboxes, more Hangouts. Let's go to the next one. Another, another little worship. I think we got one more. There we go. That, and the far right over there, that's Noah Gann, the one we were talking about. <laughs> that's him. He's now married, loves God, serving in our kids' ministry today. He's back there investing into the next wow. generation. So it, it's exciting. Y'all are about God. to see the new one. Amen. Stand on your feet.